Well, I wanna dedicate this message to flight attendants everywhere. Can we make some noise for flight attendants? Show them some love. Especially those of you who give us the full can of Coke rather than just the little cup uh, of ice with a dash of soda. Those of you who give us the second bag of trail mix with extra of those circle, salty crouton things, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's the little things, Red Rocks, it really is. Flight attendants, we love you. Y'all are heroes. Uh, mostly because I can't imagine how many opinions you have to deal with as a flight attendant. If, I, if I'm tired of opinions, all I have to do is close my inbox, shut my laptop, walk out of the room, but you don't have a parachute, and for that reason, we honor you. A few weeks ago, I was flying with my four-year-old, Will. We were landing in Denver. Usually when you land anywhere in Colorado because of the mountains, there, there's turbulence, but on this specific day, the turbulence was really bad. Like so bad, even the flight attendants started to look panicked. And when that's happening, you know, it might be time to worry right now. And I'm in the, in the middle seat, the poor guy in the aisle seat next to me, he is, he is rattled by this, okay? Just ghost-faced, just blank stare in his eyes, gripping the armrest like with white knuckles. I wanted to say, hey man, I'm not like a pilot or nothing, but if this thing goes down, I don't really know how much that armrest is gonna help you. It's like a seatbelt versus 35,000 feet, man. I just, I'm not sure, okay, but I didn't say that. Sir, instead of putting your faith in a plastic armrest, how about you put it in a person? I'm kidding, I didn't do that. Could you imagine this poor guy? Not the time, or maybe the perfect time, I don't know. But it's such a contrast because this guy's to my left. Meanwhile, Will is in the window seat to my right. Of course, he gets the window seat because he's 3-1 and he needs the extra space, you know? It's the sacrifices dads make. Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the middle seat. Sure, I'll take the two butt ends of the loaf of bread for my sandwich and we'll cut your crust off and I'll basically just eat crust for lunch, you know? But he's over here just having the time of his life. To Will, this is basically a free roller coaster. I just realized while saying that, technically, he like everything's free to him because he doesn't know what money is, okay? But he's, he's loving this, and he says this, no filter, no volume control, so loud, like so happy, uh, this, and I quote, you cannot make this stuff up. Will goes, Daddy, the plane is gonna crash. And everyone within five rows of us heard it. Everyone's looking at me like, what the heck, man? I'm looking at them like, who is this? Who's, whose dad is this? Like, whose kid is this? Who's this kid's parents? I'm as mad as you guys. <laughs> are we mad? Are we, are we mad about this? Yeah. And, and when you're scared, nothing's irrational. It's like they're looking at me with that look as if to say, hey, is your son, does he have the gift of prophecy by any chance? Like, has he predicted this stuff before? Oh, yeah, last plane crash we were in, he totally called it. Yeah, no, he's four. He doesn't know anything, okay? He's, he doesn't know where he lives. He's not a prophet, not yet at least, and he will be disciplined for this. But I promise you, flight attendants, everybody in that moment wishes they paid better attention to your pre-flight safety instructions. I promise you, and I want you to know as a fellow communicator, public speaker, I lean in and I listen, I really do. Even when everybody else is AirPods in, watching some pre-downloaded episodes of the Kardashians on their, air, on their iPads, no time for protocol, you know, it's just a 90,000 pound commercial jet 
floating five miles in the air. I'll just be sitting on a chair in the sky for two hours, but no time for safety because Kim's being dramatic. And I'm like, well, it's all fun and games until your plane drops a thousand feet in two seconds. Where's Kim to help you now? That's all I'm saying is I have learned some of my, like, I've learned some life lessons from those safety instructions, I kid you not. One of them just happens to be the backbone of this series, and it's this, the order matters. And of course, what I'm referring to is the moment flight attendants tell all of us to put on your oxygen mask first before assisting somebody else. And I used to hear that and go, that is so selfish. I mean, what kind of human, what kind of dad would put his O2 mask on first? But I'm older now and I'm wiser, church. And I've now realized it's kind of hard to help somebody else when you're passed out. And in the same way, you're gonna have a hard time being part of changing the world if you don't first let God change your heart. What I'm saying is you're gonna have a hard time influencing your city or your arena if you don't first know how to impact your circle, be famous to your family. The order matters. Jesus said it this way. What good is it to, to gain the whole world if you forfeit your soul in the process? And I just have a hunch that Jesus would rather you be famous to your family than influence the planet. I think the best thing you can do for the planet is to cultivate a healthy family. The best thing you can do for your family, cultivate a healthy marriage. The best thing you can do for your marriage, cultivate a healthy heart. The order, the order matters. Impact your circle. So after Jesus gave his disciples the charge to go and change the world with the gospel, he handed them the baton. And then Acts 2 records the small beginnings of the church. This is the original circle. Verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I don't know anybody who reads that and doesn't want that. I think we think we wanna be seen by millions, but what we actually want deep in our souls is to be truly known by our circles. You know what I think? I think God wants all of us to be rich in relationships <laughs> by being famous to a few. Rich in relationships, famous to a few. And Acts chapter two reveals that by living on purpose, we can have a profound impact on our circles. And once again, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your team, your group, your church, you can impact your circle. I wanna give you four ways to do that. And the first is this, by prioritizing your people. Prioritize your people. So everywhere he went, Jesus had crowds who followed him that he influenced. But maybe more important, he also had a circle he impacted. And I say more important because it was his circle 
and not the crowds who went on to start the, the, the world-changing movement in Acts chapter two called the church that to this day, even in the face of cultural shifts and persecution and pandemics and wars has, has become a global blazing wildfire that cannot be stopped. It was his circle, not the crowds who started that. So Jesus had his 12 disciples. Within his disciples, he had his three, Peter, James, and John. And then beyond his 12, he had his 72, people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus. This was his circle. This is who Jesus did life with. These were his people, and Jesus prioritized them. In the same way, your circle is your family, your friends, your roommates, your group, your, your church community, who you do life with every week. I said this before, not those who will ride in the limo with you, but those who will walk to the bus stop with you when the limousine breaks down. Don't ask yourself, who's gonna go party in Cancun with me? Ask yourself, I think of the guy on the mat in Mark chapter two, ask who's gonna rip a hole through a roof to get me to Jesus when I need to get to Jesus. If that's also the same group that parties in Cancun with you, that's even, that's even better, okay? But I'm talking about the people who you text at 3 a.m. when you're on the way to the hospital. I'm not talking about your followers who know your highlight reel. I mean your friends who have seen your behind the scenes. I'm saying being famous to your family happens when those who know you the best and have seen you at your worst respect you the most. You can't be everything to everyone. I can't be famous to everyone. Oh, but I can be famous to my family by impacting my circle, by prioritizing my people. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship devoted to fellowship. In other words, prioritized their people. I'm gonna get in somebody's business, probably all of us. What are your priorities? Your priorities actually aren't your priorities until you prioritize them. So you can say, oh, my family is my priority, but if you're, when you're with your kids, all you think about is work. I mean, it's a fair question. You can say a future family is my priority, yet in this season right now, still settle for bad relationship after bad relationship and tender hookups. I told you I'm coming for all of us. It's a fair question. What do you act like? What's your actual priority? Because there is a difference between prioritizing something and just appreciating something. And we need to draw like a distinction between the two. I appreciate cardio. I really, really appreciate cardio. <laughs> That does not mean I prioritize cardio. What are my priorities? Like, your bank statement will, will show you. Your, your, the magnifying glass, your search function on your Instagram will show you. Those things are heart MRIs. What do I prioritize? What do I, but really, I need to get realistic. What do I really prioritize and elevate in my life. $1,000 to start a brand new business, it's my dream, but that's way too much money. $1,000 for a new iPhone, yeah, I kinda need a new one. $100 for healthy groceries, to eat healthy for a whole week. Man, eating healthy is expensive. $100 to go eat out and have drinks one night with some friends, done. Two and a half hours of Netflix or Hulu, one more episode, please. Hey, read your Bible for 15 minutes. I am so busy. Like, I have no idea when I'm gonna find time. I'm just saying, 
if they're your priorities, you will prioritize them. You impact your circle by prioritizing your people. I wanna look at my little girl Kinsley and say with integrity, you are the most important world that I'm changing. I wanna look at my four-year-old Will and say with sincerity, be able to back it up by my life and say, buddy, you're the first church that I'm building. I pick you, I choose you, I prioritize you. But man, I get it, it's the deceitfulness of success. It's the carrot on a stick of more stuff, the temptations to go and earn. It's why I empathize with so many parents when I see moms and dads running a thousand miles an hour all over the world trying so hard to be successful so they can give their kids more and more stuff and meanwhile never giving their kids what they wanted or needed more than anything else themselves. Moms and dads, don't fall for it. I'm telling you, there are distractions from what is most important knocking on your front door disguised as really good opportunities. You're letting them in. Don't fall for it. You wanna know what every man of God I wanna be like one day would tell me today? Man, you can always make more money, but you will never get Kinsley one-year-old again. Be famous to her Impact your circle by prioritizing your people. Amen? Okay, number two, encourage and be encouraged. Acts 2, 43 through 44. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were encouraged and they encouraged. Hebrews 10, 25, encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement, I would say, is relational generosity. I like that. That is good. Thanks, Janelle. And that would make stuff like gossip and unforgiveness, bitterness, that, that's relational stinginess. Scripture would teach us the, the circles of the relationally generous get larger the circles of the, and, and souls, it speaks to souls. The circles and souls of the relationally stingy get, get smaller. And, and so encouragement is what makes us rich in relationships and famous to a few. That's what encouragement does, is this underutilized tool because we all, we all want what it gives. Contrary to popular belief, the opposite of, of poverty is not wealth, it's friends. So in God's economy, the way you get more of something is actually by giving away what you have. I love that. I mean, that's true for everything. And the good news is you have an endless amount of encouragement to give away, which means it is not the community consumer who is rich in relationships. That logically would make sense. It's actually the community cultivator. What if you got in a group today and you showed up, you made it your, your mission this semester in groups to show up as I'm the community cultivator. I'm, I'm showing up looking to encourage. Not those who show up looking to withdraw, but those who show up looking to deposit. Because can we have real talk? If all you do, like when all you do is withdraw and you never deposit, I, I go, that sounds like bank robbers going from bank to bank or circle to circle with this sort of posture. Encourage me, give me all your encouragement. See me, build me up, refresh me. 
And while I absolutely get that, because all of us just wanna know and be known, scripture is trying to to get us to, to see bigger and live better than that. Because people can never give you, they will never give you what only an eternal God can. People will never be, and until you get that revelation into your spirit, you will go from group to group or church to church frustrated because it's not completing you. When all the while, God is the infinite bank account of all the love and belonging and connection that you could ever need or want. And when you get that revelation that you have access to it and you know the source who is all belonging and all love, well, that is the moment. When that, when that goes from your, your, your brain to your heart and clicks in your spirit, that's when you go from, from being a vault that stores to a vessel that stewards. And that is when community gets fun because you now know the secret. For he, there we go. I like this service. (laughs) For he who refreshes is the one who is refreshed abundantly. And she who encourages is the one who is abundantly encouraged. In other words, if God can get it through you, God can get it to you. Jamie Sharla. You know Jamie. All of you who know Jamie, she's the captain of our greeter team, you know, you, you wanna be wherever she is, and I'll tell you why. It's not because of what she makes you think about her. It's because of what she makes you feel about you. Because Jamie knows the source, taps into the source all the time, and shows up full looking to give, looking to pour out, looking to build up, looking to encourage, looking to deposit. And I always wonder, people like Jamie, I I go like, what is it? Because even in tough and challenging seasons, it just seems like she's built up and encouraged. And I go, Jamie, what's the secret? Why are you always so encouraged? Why even to like in this week, you're just, you seem so refreshed. And then I go, oh, you're always refreshed because you always refresh. You're always encouraged because you constantly encourage. You wanna be the most famous person at this church? Be the most encouraging person in the lobby. That's really, I mean, that's gold. That's the secret. You need encouragement? Go encourage somebody. Turn that into a lifestyle. Watch how over the months and years you start to cultivate. You're just bigger on the inside just constantly refreshed all the time regardless of my circumstances. You wanna be seen, you need to feel seen, go make somebody else feel seen, watch how God sees you. Watch how God builds you up and refreshes you. Encourage and be encouraged. You know how many stories I've, I've heard of, of people who show up to church and you, you know that story, maybe you've been there, maybe you, you feel like this today where you walk in and you go, I'll, be, I'll get struck by lightning if I step foot into a church. These people, if they only knew, they'd judge me, I wouldn't belong here. Can I tell you how wrong you are? But I've heard that story so many times where they show up with that posture and then a greeter with a smile on their face shakes their hand, learns their name, calls them by that name, and that greeter is the reason they stuck. That greeter was literally the front door. They walked in and, and, and took a seat and then Jesus changed everything about, like we talk about changing the world. You might say, I can't change the whole world. I'm telling you, you called that person by name. 
who hasn't heard their name in four days? You took one minute to build that person up. You have no idea how much they needed it. You changed their world. You changed their world. Encourage and be encouraged. Number three, sacrifice for your circle. Acts 2.45 says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So sacrifice moves you forward. If you drove here today, then you sacrificed gasoline, or if you're Team Tesla, electricity, in order to get here. If there's any part of your life that's lacking forward motion, I would bet anything it's because there's something you're unwilling to sacrifice for it. You wanna be healthier this fall? That's gonna take sacrifice. Maybe sacrificing those daily Doritos become those weekly Doritos. You wanna be a better friend. You wanna, you wanna become a better leader. The name of the game is sacrifice. I'm telling you, you could be putting a down payment on a condo in Austin this time next fall. All you have to do is sacrifice time and energy to work. You gotta sacrifice freedom and, like, and not eat out and, and not buy that jacket. I'll say it this way. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want will be the sacrifice. Pick your sacrifice. Sacrifice for your circle, or you might sacrifice your circle. For marriages to advance and not stall, it takes a healthy, constant, steady input of sacrifice. Some of the most brilliant premarital advice I've ever received was from Deborah Newport, the legend herself. Deborah, I'm not sure if you're in here, but she said, marriage is hardly ever 50-50. Whoever said that wasn't married. It's gonna be seasons you can give more than you take. There's gonna be seasons you're gonna need to take a lot more than you can give. Sometimes it's gonna be 60-40. Sometimes it's gonna be 20-80. That's why scripture says true love doesn't keep score because if one person keeps score, both people lose. And so I, I try all the time to find ways daily to sacrifice for Sam. So I do, I do pretty much all the cooking at our house and dishes and, and mow the lawn and shiplap the walls and in return, she does everything else, okay? True love is sacrifice, my proof is the cross. Four years ago, we made a decision that required a huge monumental sacrifice from Sam. Because if you wanna know what takes more sacrifice than leaving everything familiar to move across the country to start a church because an invisible God inaudibly told you to? It's this, leaving everything familiar to move across the country to start a church because your husband claims an invisible God inaudibly told him to. That, that is sacrifice, but if you don't sacrifice for your people, what you might sacrifice is your people. I keep seeing so many new faces and there's so many of you I know that, that don't know this story, but this was not the plan. We were never planning on moving to Longhorn country. We were, we were planning on moving to San Diego to start a church. I mean, we, our dream was to raise little surfer babies and, and uh, you would have been there, absolutely, if it, yeah. And me, Ryan, Ethan, BJ, I mean, we were, gonna, we were gonna play basketball on the beach and reach people for Jesus during sunset. I mean, this was the dream. And then God obliterated all of our plans and details. He just still praying. He just, man, he came in and just rewrote the whole story. And 
he downloaded a lot of that into my heart. And I had to, man, I felt like the dream crusher. Um, talking to Ryan and Ethan and, I mean, the ocean, a big deal in case you failed 10th grade geography, no beach here in Austin. I love it here, but there's no ocean. And, and that was a, a big, that was a big thing to have to tell those guys, all our plans I think are changing. And I really feel like God is telling us this, but my friends understand John 15, 13. They don't understand much, but they get this. Like they, <laughs> greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for friends. And I will never forget uh, cheersing Ethan and him telling me, I choose uh, my people over a place any day. My dream, yeah, my dream has way more to do with my circle than my circumstances. Ryan, FaceTiming him and him telling me, man, I, I choose, I'll sacrifice a city for my circle. I'll sacrifice a salary for my circle. Hopefully not for too long, but. <laughs> sacrifice, man, the name of the game. You wanna have an impact on your circle? You absolutely can. The name of the game is sacrifice. Famous to my family. And then finally, we'll wrap up right here, and team, you can come up. Never give up on community. Acts 2.46, every day they, what's that word? Continued. I think, man, I can make friends, can I keep them? I can start community, can I continue it? They continued to meet together in the temple courts. You know how much grit that takes? Hebrews 10, 25, do not give up meeting together. That implies it's challenging. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. For somebody watching online, that is God talking to you. It's time to, to come back because you haven't been to a gathering of believers since 2019 and your soul feels it. Your heart wants it. Church online is amazing. There is something about what happens when all of us get in this room and gather and worship God with each other. Never give up meeting together because I'm telling you, statistically, it is your circle that just might be the reason you are still following Jesus or not in five years. Show me your three, your three closest friends. I will prophesy over you your next three years. In 1952, two ornithologists, BJ, that means studiers of birds, ornithologists. <laughs> they ran an experiment with a species of birds called shearwaters, native to an island off the coast of England. I'm not sure what it is about this, that it, this study, it, it gets me. They took a shearwater by plane all the way to Italy and released it in Italy and 341 hours later, leaving a place it had never been, flying a route it had never flown, it was back on its home island. And so they thought, okay. And they, they took another sheer water and they tagged it and they put it in a box and put it on a train to London. And then they put it into a different box and put it on a plane to the United States and released it from Boston Harbor. And 12 days and 11 hours later, not only was it back on its home island, it was back in the nest they took it from. 
There is something woven into God's creation, this design to find home. And there's a homing instinct in us too. I would just say it's less for a place and more for a people. Me and my wife's song is a John Mayer song. It's called A Face, not a place, a face to call home. You are a relational being made in the image of a relational God. God is a trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one essence, tri-unity, trinity. Don't think about that too hard. You'll start to get a headache. I've been there, it's not fun. All you need to know is God is within himself a community, that God truly is the three best friends anybody could have. And me and you are made in the image of a God who is a community, a God who is relational in his very nature to his core, and that, that explains this homing instinct to be with our people. I'll say it this way. There's a reason, church, that Friends is the most watched TV show of all time. I, I bet it's because you were made to experience and have what those friends have with each other. And that's why the Acts 2 church, they devoted themselves to each other. That's why Hebrews challenges us, never give up on community. Never, never, never give up. It's messy, it's worth it. It takes patience and bearing with each other and showing up and showing up again, but it's worth it. It takes signing up for a group. It's group launch Sunday. My challenge to you, do it afraid if you're timid. Go get in a group because you need community. Maybe you've tried it before and it didn't go well. What I would say is keep Keep trying. You don't quit food because you had one bad experience at one restaurant. Why? Because you need food. And in the same way, you need community. It takes resilience, it takes grit. Never, 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 never give up on community because the enemy's mission is division and he will stop at nothing to make that happen. He's not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of a united church. So what I say to all of us is let's give him something to be afraid of. Unity, community, famous to my family. Men of of Red Rocks, let me call all of us to something. The most masculine thing you can do, I think, with all my heart, is to spend your life to impact your circle. Spend your life for it. The heart of being a man is not benching 315 or conquering the stock market. The heart, the the masculine heart is, is forgiving when you have every right not to. The, The masculine heart is to give your kids the dad you never had. The masculine heart is to own it when it's not on you to own it. All for the sake of fighting for the circle that God has given you to fight for. I go, you know what it looks like? It looks like carrying a 300 pound cross, 650 yards up a mountain to be crucified for somebody else's sin. That's why Ephesians 5 calls us to love our wives like that. And 1 John 3.16 says, lay down your life for your friends the same way Jesus did for us. To follow the man who will not be moved into the arena and go first in reconciliation and go first in forgiveness. To take it on the chin for your circle if you have to. To spend yourself for your circle. To live full and die empty, pouring yourself out drop by drop. All for the sake of impacting your circle and being famous to your family, amen? Guys, will you stand?
Okay, we're about to sing what is, in my opinion, maybe the most powerful worship song ever written about God's relentless pursuit of being in relationship with you, of you, with you. There's no wall that he won't tear down. There's no mountain he won't climb up. No shadow he will not climb, no shadow he won't light up in order to come after you. That we have a God who left the 99 for the one and stops at absolutely nothing just to be with you. And so I go, man, as we praise him and proclaim these lyrics, would his pursuit of us become our pursuit of our circle? And would God's story be downloaded into our spirits and become our story that we would be those who at great cost to ourselves, whatever it is, spend ourselves for our family, impacting our circles because when we didn't deserve it, when we couldn't earn it, he gave himself away and left everything to never, ever, ever, ever give up on being famous to his family. And he's here and there's no time, there's no time like the present, there's no place like right here and right now to worship him, amen? All right, Holy Spirit, we love you. Father, thank you that all the lyrics we're about to proclaim about you are true. There's no mountain that you won't climb up coming after us. There's no wall you won't tear down coming after us. You leave the 99 for the one. When we never earned it or deserved it, you give yourself away over and over and over again, never, never, ever giving up on, on being with us and being famous to your family. And for that reason, we honor you. And as we praise your name, would your pursuit become ours? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's worship.